Hello and welcome to another edition of the Hotcast. I am your host, Ruben Tish, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, RJ. RJ, we are recording this almost directly after the final whistle of the 4-1 loss to the Houston Dynamo. Everything that could go wrong went wrong, RJ. I don't know if I should just, I don't know if I'm tired or if I've had enough, but I, I kind of wish my internet didn't work this week instead of last week. That's that's part of the reason why um we didn't record last week. But but yeah, it's it's yeah. I'm just it's I'm just very disappointed. I mean we'll we'll get down to it, but it's it's very disappointing. Um, yes, uh, I'm also mad and angry, uh, for a lot of reasons. Let's, let's get the non-penalty call out of the way because that was the most egregious non-penalty call after not only a soft penalty for Houston in the first half, but not a penalty at all because the contact started outside the box. And every time this happens, it's not a penalty because the contact starts outside the box. But Houston goes up one nil on a penalty and the fire don't get the most obvious penalty call of all time. I, I don't, How can the USSF justify not having VAR in this tournament? Because in the Cincinnati game, the early game, uh, Brendan Vasquez scored Cincinnati's first goal from an offside position, and it wasn't flagged. So the goal stood because there's no VAR. So in both games tonight, um. It, it could be argued that they needed VAR when there wasn't any. Well, that rough needs to be summoned to a soccer house tomorrow morning. I look whether you know. Let's say the fire, you know, got that penalty. Whether they have scored it or not, whatever. That's that's not the point here. But that was just so so outrageous. I don't know. It's clear. You don't need VAR for that. No, you just need a competent referee. You, you do, and uh, he needs to be summoned to the soccer house. There needs to be an investigation, and this is no hyperbole. It, I am, like, legitimately very serious about this. I know I seem kind of worked up right now, but it, if, if that happened with Houston, I think we would have also said that VAR, that, you know, that VAR, that ref needs to be checked out. Yeah, because we're not stupid, and we know that a penalty when we see one, right? Like mm-hmm. Jesus, my my God! I, I mean, the, the the first one that that handball that was that was very soft. I I could see that go either. No, that way. wasn't a penalty. His I mean, hand no, his hand was tucked in next to his body. At that's 
you know and then that's that's that's, that's why i said that's why i said it was you know it's very soft i mean it, it you know it could go either way i i kind of agree that it wasn't a penalty but th- that that second one that that tackle that it, it was just i i have no words for it and like what i said you know whether the fire would have scored that penalty or not just doesn't matter at this point because that penalty needed to be awarded mm-hmm. and i it's i don't know and i think that kind of that that kind of set off a chain of events for the fire and a lot of it i think has to do with that bad call and a lot of it also has to do with how the squad is structured and built how you know heights you know built this squad i think i mean the fire would have lost but i don't think they would have lost this much you know yeah i Uh, so are, it's, yeah. no 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 so so it it's a combination of all things it's a combination of bad refereeing it's a combination of the fire just not playing well it's a combination of the schedule the scheduling and how the you know how the squad is built so the fire I, by the way have another midwest derby well after the midwest derby they've got Always portland on wednesday down. and then um what is it portland wednesday and then uh i don't know who who they have after but but they've got another wednesday saturday next week so it just kind of gets worse it's not gonna get better anytime soon for this club um and I don't think, yeah. Uh is it, no. They don't they get a they get a break this week because of the nations the international break. So um it looks like the fire finally after the, I, I was mistaken the fire finally get a break here uh, but then they do have a Wednesday Saturday um, I believe it is Portland at Portland and then the 24th uh, against Kansas City and then I believe that is the last game on the 24th. I believe that starts the. Uh, there is a there is a little bit of a break there for the fire, so they're going to be able to get healthy going into the second half of the season, which is good. Um, but they still they still have a lot of problems um let's talk about all that other stuff you mentioned now um really quick um no i think i said how the squad is built and you know i I think you i think you tweeted out um you know at one point the fire just had you know attackers and you know defenders out on the pitch well that's frank 
and we'll, well talk that, about Frank. That, I mean, that that's also a part of how the squad is built as well, because Frank, I mean, you know, he can only throw. No, so I, I, I think he made a lot of bad decisions today. I think that he made. Um, I mean, yeah. He made a lot of. Um, wrong moves. I think taking off Jimenez and Navarro was a mistake. Uh, I think you sh- that he should have taken Brian Gutierrez off a long time before. Um, you know the um a a, a long time before because Brian Gutierrez, God bless him. Uh, couldn't get really get into the game. He didn't have a lot of touches. He, he was sort of um, unable to find the space in between the uh, two banks of four. And he was pretty ineffective, I thought. And that, and, and we know how good he is. I think he's just, he's just, he's played a lot, man. He's the fourth. Last I looked, he had the fourth most minutes on the squad in terms of minutes played. So, like, he's probably tired. And Shakiri looked the better of the two for the first time this year in this game. I thought Shakiri played really good. Um, I don't have anything bad to say about him. I thought he was good. I mean, Shakiri's been in open cup. No master up until now. But, yeah, I, I uh, thought he was good. His his deliveries on set pieces were good. Um, it's unfortunate that they only put one of them into the back of the net, but basically all of them were great. But I, I mean, I mean, two things can be true. It's it's how the squad is built, and you know, Klopas doing Klopas things, and I think a re a part a large part of the reason why Klopas is doing Klopas things is because of how the squad is built. I think. Sakay, despite that, you know, goal, shouldn't have played tonight. He was, his touches were heavy. He was making a lot of mistakes. I agree. And, but, you know, you have but Jonathan to play. Jonathan hurt. Who yeah. else are they going to play? And that's why, because you don't have an adequate depth for this squad. Um, Let's talk about Klopas doing Klopas things, because when I saw the team sheet, I was so happy that they were going to go back to a back four and play a four five one with Gutierrez out wide. Turns out, no, back three. We're playing Arno Suke out of position for no damn reason. We're playing Miguel Navarro in a, a wingback situation when Alonso Aceves is better than him at that position. Whereas, you know, uh, Navarro is a very good left back, but he's not a good wing or wing back who has to cover all that ground and has to be in the attack all the time and then come back and cover defensively all the time. Um, He's a player who likes to go up uh, on occasion when it warrants it, but he is a defensive first player and you can't have that on the wing against a team who's not going to let you play through the middle. So 
the setup was bad. And I also said this, by the way, remember the last time Frank Klopas played Houston in a knockout game? Do you remember what happened? More or less ended like same. Will, Will Bruin or... scored twice in the first half and the fire lost two to one. That's what happened. Because he played Logan Paws in a forward position with Palvel Pardo uh, as your number six in a diamond four four two. With you know, with uh, I believe it, that night it was Patrick Niako and Mike McGee up top and Chris Rolfe on the bench. But don't quote me on that. Regardless, he set up his team wrong. He got out coached by Dom Kinnear in 2012, and he got out coached by Ben Olsen tonight. Ben Olsen out coached somebody. Well, I'm going to defend Ben Olsen. I mean, his time during United was he did the best that he could. I mean, obviously, he had the talent, he just didn't have the roster back in United. When you get out coached by Ben Olsen, that's damning. And 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 a lot of there are a lot of Frank Klopas defenders in the Chicago Fire community. And I want to say something to you. It doesn't matter that Frank Klopas is the third highest winning percentage in Fire history because he's only managed two three seasons now this will be like basically if you combine 2020 and now it's uh a full season so 2012 2013 2020 like that's a very small sample size he's not a good he 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 does some things well he's a good um communicator He's very good at bringing along young players. But he is awful. He, he, he's a bad tactical manager. And what you need to finesse results with a thin roster playing this many games is basically a tactical genius. I think this team is a playoff team if Wilfred Nancy is this, is their head coach who they have to face Saturday. Boy, that Miss West Darby is going to be a disaster. I'm telling you right now, Columbus is going to win like three to nothing. I'm telling you right now, Columbus is beating the fire three to nothing. Um, and he's fallen in love with this three center back system because of what it gives you with Shakiri and Gutierrez at times. But during this stretch of games, you can't really afford to play them together because you need to have them swap in and out for rest purposes, especially if you're going to play Jairo Torres at the eight. So I, I, I think this the latter half of this stretch after the two St. Louis games has been really mismanaged by Frank Klopas. 
Um, and by the way, the Fire have not won a game with a back three, and have lost all of their game and have have lost all of the games they have lost where they have been at full strength when losing have been with a back three. You cannot play a back three consistently in MLS and win because teams have wingers who can exploit those spaces, which we saw with Houston tonight. The wing play in MLS relative to the level of defenders is too wide a gap to play with a back three in MLS. Well, Houston did their homework. I I think... But but that's what I'm saying, though. It was like second-grade homework, not high school-level calculus. And Well, I mean, the Western Conference team finally did their homework on the fire. They got exposed. I think they they watched the tape for, you know, the fire's previous encounters with a Western Conference team, and they've, they've adapted to that. I mean, I... Frank got complacent. And this is what happens. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just tired. It's already what June? No, it's May. No, it's still. It's, it's June. June, right? It's it's June. Jeez. 6th. Time of recording. Yeah, June sixth. And, and I'm I'm already tired. Yeah, it, I think, it, I think like, we're all tired. The season is not over. Let's be clear. People who are saying the season over, season over or whatever, that's not true. No, I mean, the, the season is over. I well, mean, yes, it's not over. It's like it's going to be over in October, but it's 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 practically over. I don't unless sure. there is a good transfer window. And I highly sure. doubt it with Heights sure. still at the home. Yeah. The season's practically over. And at this point, you just start playing the kids from fire too. Start signing them up on those temporary MLS contracts. Put them out there. Because, look, Columbus, they're going to get beat. Portland, the fire never wins in Portland. At, that par- at Portland. True. Yeah, I, I think, I, I mean, you're right. I don't want to say you're right. I want to believe because I, I still believe in the talent at the front end of this roster. I, I I believe that what we saw during uh the run of Ezra Hendrickson Ezra Hendrickson's attacks um you know three goals against Cincinnati um what else was it uh and even going back into last year you know uh three goals against Miami in September uh it was it three goals against Cincinnati in October of last year? Uh, they scored, um, you know, three against Cincinnati this year, three against Inter Miami this year, two against Philadelphia. Um, and, and then obviously, you know, three against Atlanta in the weird game on on May twentieth, and and you know, I still believe, and, and and three against New England in New England. By the way, that performance in New England, which we didn't really get a chance to talk about, was 
one of the best performances in Foxborough in a long time. I believe in this team's ability to score goals. The depth isn't there. The tactic isn't there. I I I am this is this is a bigger wasted season than 2019 was, 2018. The year the the year after they made the playoffs and and they sort of laid the bread because David Akam got hurt and they couldn't recover from that. Um I I I am upset and disappointed at the front office. I'm upset at the coaching staff. Uh, the only people I'm not upset about um, at about are the players because the players, they did play hard today, even though they were um a half step slow into a full step slow at the end because they played, you know, they, they worked as hard as they could. Um, and it just, it, 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 I, 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 I feel for them because they are being let down by their coaching staff in the front office. And um, there's rumors going around that the fire might lose Brian Gutierrez. Oh, yeah, to Manchester United. United's, well, United sniffing around. Dortmund is sniffing around. Leipzig is sniffing around. There's a couple Spanish clubs sniffing around. Um. They they might be selling Brian Gutierrez. So, well, I I hope he goes anywhere but uh United. But United, I don't think he'll flourish under Ten Hag. I want him to go to Dortmund. That's like where young players go to like blossom and learn how to lose. <laughs> Kidding. Yes, um, but you know. No, but no. If 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 Gutierrez does, and I'm sorry for you know quickly going off topic or still on top topic, but if Gutierrez does move, I see a loan back. You know, just like what happened to Slonina. But yeah, no, you're right. I, I you can't fault the players. They're they're at their capacity. They don't have the backup. They don't have the support. I mean, and when we do fault the players, it's just for you know some minor grievances that they could have done better out in the field. Um. Yeah, it's it's disappointing. It really is. And you know, I'm I'm already I'm so tired already and it's it's still summer and I'm so tired. I'd like for I'd like to be wrong. I'd like for the season to be salvaged somewhat. I I'm still in the camp where I think the League's Cup or whatever they decide to call it, it's still the League's Cup, right? Yeah. I they changed Super the league. Yeah. I think they, they changed the Champions League's name. Well whatever. Yeah, but yeah. the Champions Cup. <laughs> But yeah, with, with the League's Cup, I still think that's a lost cause. I I mean, and you know, with, with regular league, I mean, anyone, I mean, well, 
technically anyone should be able to make the playoffs. But they're two points. He, ba- they're two points out of tenth and four points out of a playoff spot. RJ. Yeah. With it, and they still have a game in hand on, um, basically everybody. Uh. They they don't have a game in hand against Orlando City, but they've got a game in hand against Charlotte. They've got a game in hand against DC United. They're even with Atlanta, who are on twenty four points. So like, they're not out of they're 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 still there, but the, you know they need uh, they need to bring in Romelu Lukaku and uh, another Tam player. they're all going to Saudi Arabia. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think Lukaku's got the fire in him. Come, well, I mean... Rami. Come. Uh, let's go ahead and thank our patrons. Patreon.com slash lantern. Uh, slash the lantern. Uh, Tim Hotze, thank you. Caleb Barron, Stephen D. Salmon, thank you. Alyssa Scarpelli. Jeff Mittendorf, Tim W. Will Gattiolas, Chaucer's Dog, Mark Jerkakis, Doug, Sean Click, Shy Smargan, Cameron Banga, MMC, Ron Bandish, Audrius, Kyle Johansson, Adam Todd, Liam Harding, Jonathan Robb, David May, Cristiano EEUU, Joseph, uh, Chris Lintot, Rob Bordigan, Sam Minton, Craig Tower. Thank you for subscribing. To the Patreon. Um, so. I don't know where I want to go with this, RJ. Because you were right. Um, it's, it's pretty bleak. Um. They're not going to beat Columbus, even though Columbus is probably a must-win at this point. Um, I've got something to ask you. What's up? Out of all of the available managers floating around, who would you want to take over this team next year? And we'll, we'll return to this question as we get into August and September. Um, but right now, available managers, all the names swirling around. You've got Jesse Marsh, but he might be taking the Celtic job. Uh, Greg Berhalter, if he doesn't get hired by the U.S. men's national team. Um, would you take Greg Vanny if he is fired by Los Angeles? I would, actually. Well, um, no, I, I mean, Jim Curtin. Jim Curtin uh, is the I, other he, one. He was I. I'll, Jim Curtin. I think uh, he has proper fire heritage, proper fire DNA. He knows how to get the most out of the squad. I I don't want Greg for a lot of reasons. Um, for Jesse, he's I. You know, I think he's better suited for the men's team, or even another. Yeah, or even another stint, maybe in the Scottish Prem. Um, yeah, because the rumor right now is he's getting the Celtic job after the Celtic manager left for Spurs. Of course. 
How, how do you, how do you go from winning in domestic trouble to winning nothing? That's anyway. You take, um, you take the Tottenham Hotspur job is how you do it. Um, um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm taking Jim and, uh, I'll, I'll stick with that answer until we have someone definitive and hopefully it is going to be Jim Curtin, but no, I'm, you, I'm taking Jim. Let, let's talk about, circle back to Greg Berhalter because. No, I think he's a bum. He won an MLS cup. He's arguably the one of the most successful managers in U.S. national team history in terms of hardware. I think he's a very good tactical manager, and that's what this club needs. I've seen his antics. I'm not his antics, but I've seen his tactics during. I mean, yeah, I'm you, you know, I'm, I'm club over country, but I still. I still keep a close eye on, you know, shenanigans going on with uh with US soccer and I just, you know, I mean he wasted all that talent. They outplayed England. I don't know how much I don't know how much more yeah, from, from what I remember, England at that point didn't really need to do much. They already progressed already. It was the second game in the group. Oh really? No. Yes. I don't know. I, I still think he's a bum. And, you know, once I think you're a bum, you're out. You're, you're just... But he's not a bum. Please don't be like the weirdos on USMNT Twitter. Please be rational about this. I, I'm not. And I've, I've, I've muted a lot of people. I've, I've muted a lot from the USMNT hashtag. I don't don't compare them to me. It's, it's just that I don't think he's just going to get the best out of this squad, I think Jim Curtin will, and just because Jim Curtin just know, I mean, yes, Greg has more MLS hardware, but I, I trust Jim Curtin more so than you know than Greg, and also take into account, yeah, I'm I'm throwing the fire tax, the fire nostalgia. Listen, you know, I'm come not. At me. I am not against someone for being. Um, being part of this club's past. But I think we as a fan base need to get out of this idea that the fire, that, that returning to the glory days, quote unquote, means returning with the personnel about knowing, you know, what this club is and this club stands for. This club well, is garbage and his stands for losing look out of those i don't care i don't care if they're fire bob bradley disciples or if they're not it shouldn't matter what should matter is you find the guy who the fire can win with and this include this is like the the gm search too but you know, out of, out of those names, Jim Curtin, and then but if we exclude those names, if we exclude the rumor folks, I want to go. I want to see the fire go big. I would. I would honestly like to see Stevie G. I would honestly no, also want to no. see. No, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> I I look. I'll even go as far as saying Frank Lampard to the fire. Right. No, uh, the only sort of like X superstar player I think I would want to manage the club is probably Patrick Vieira. 
He's too good, though. <laughs> That's right, but like you know, um, wouldn't it be interesting if Jose Mourinho takes the U.S. men's national team job? No, he has he has another he has unfinished business with Roma, which by the way was also a game that that UEL final was also a game of bad officiating. Anthony yeah. Taylor, True. English refs. That's there's only one good English ref, and it's Mark Clattenburg. Well, um, now, now he's a now he's a he's, he's a TV Saudi guy. Arabia. Yeah, he's a TV guy, and I think a consultation for Saudi Arabia. Whatever. Um. Anyway, uh, I think that'll do it for this episode of the Hotcast. You can find us at the Hotcast on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Ruben Tish. You can find. RJ on Twitter at RGA underscore zero two. Next week, uh, it's the Midwest Derby between the Fire and Columbus. We will talk to you then. Man, this sucks. Uh, <laughs> bye, everybody. See ya.